am obsessed with ghosts. Mm. I go through phases, but like recently, all I've wanted to consume are like scary books, stuff on YouTube about teenagers hunting ghosts at the Conjuring house. I want to be a ghost hunter. I want to join like a television crew. I want to be on TV and be a ghost hunter. If you want, like our next episode can be us like ghost hunting, like going ghost hunting. Wait. Where is a somewhere that we know is haunted that we have access Our to? Our old house. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have access to it. Wait. North okay. Lawn House was a thousand percent also inhabited. Also looks like the Conjuring House. <laughs> inhabited by spirit. Spirits, plural. Like, that shit was popping in that house. Um... There's got to be, like, a haunted bridge. Like, speaking yeah, of well, which, maybe we can, special like, episode, buy a bridge. Yeah, buy a bridge, build a bridge, <laughs> see a bit. It's like Build-A-Bear. Build-A-Bear. Buy a bridge. Haunt a bridge. Haunt a bridge. Um, yeah, so, wow. Okay, dogs, hello. They also agree. But I was going to say, I was going to suggest maybe we could schedule a, like, an A ghost episode. encounter? A ghost, no, like in a car like a car vlog like a and we'll go to like different places and pass by local <laughs> see but then see that anything. also like it requires like at the hardware effort. store i work at we actually <laughs> sell those thermal guns where you can look at it uh-huh. and like go around the room and see if you see like the temperature changes yeah. and i was like what if i got one get, for sure because i mean this would this would be like our luck right yeah we get there and i forgot batteries I just know. Yeah, but that's I'm better Virgo than you, so don't <laughs> worry. I'll I'll keep us prepared. Speaking of, which, Speaking of which, welcome to this week's episode. I'm Sammy. I'm Skylar. And this is the Speaking of Which podcast. Podcast. You know, speaking of, speaking of hauntings oh, near us, I saw this Ooh. hilarious article about um a, De- a Detroit Burger King, and I thought of us. Because <laughs> <laughs> Impossible Whopper. And like, if anyone's ever been a cashier, they're really going to relate to this story. But the a man was taking too long at the drive-thru to pay for his food. Uh-huh. So the cashier pulled out a gun on him and told him to hurry up. Oh, okay. <laughs> How much of a mood is that? <laughs> it's me. Okay, actually, it's... On both <laughs> ends. I know, right? <laughs> I'm both of those people. So there was a comment on the article and it said... Uh, Oh, is there a dog outside the door? Yeah, I'm just going to pause really quick. So, generic user one says... Generic user one? (laughs) From where? From Detroit, Michigan. Oh, okay. No, I mean, what are you reading this from? Oh, I'm reading the local Fox 8 News. Oh, okay. Detroit. And it says... Valid. The threat of being shot really resolves customer issues quickly and efficiently. (laughs) Okay. It keeps the drive through line moving. I suspect more drive through restaurants will adopt this strategy. A complaint oh, about the wrong burger wait. topping that previously took five minutes is now solved in under 10, mi- 10 seconds. And as Burger King likes to say, your way, right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is good writing. Also, you know... When the comments are better, like, written better than the article. Yeah, okay. Is, is there better comments? Like... Oh, um, actually, well, actually, the rest of the comments are serious. Like, Robert338 says, a friend of mine lives in Detroit. He always has a gun on him. <laughs> <laughs> he said he got shot at a target. He didn't even care. I have so much to say. Like, okay. Um, first of all, Detroit... 
is not that bad. Okay, I, guess. I don't know. Maybe it, wherever it is this in is in some areas, but every single city has its like don't go there. There's a lot of crime, and there's other places where it's thriving and business is great. And so there's a lot of ups and downs to Detroit, but Detroit is also one of the biggest cities ever. Go this ahead, says, read this. Is, this is actually just how Detroit welcomes <laughs> welcomes their customers. <laughs> The only difference is corporate just now found out about it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, What would you do if you were just, like, taking too slow and, like, being really indecisive? If if I was at a Burger King in Detroit, I feel like I've got bigger problems than the cashier having having a gun. You know, I know how you would react. The gun would be pulled out on you. And if they were like, hurry the fuck up, you'd be like, you know what? You're right. You pick. My bad. Um, My bad. What do you think is, like, better? I'll be like, um, I'll, I'll give him a 20. I'll be like, you keep the change. Yeah. You seem like you're having a hard day. Just, I like, would still please. wait for the burger. Y- yeah. Obviously. Yeah, because hunger wins over fear. I mean, how you know, you don't <laughs> you don't wait in a Burger King line for 20 minutes and not leave with something. No, you really don't, do you? Know? you? So, no. like, that's pretty obvious to me. Wow. So, I thought we would go a little bit local with today's article, and I'm really glad that we got to do that. I that but so but speaking of ghosts okay though, yeah so where do you think there could be like a haunted drive-thru yeah. have you ever even heard of that concept it's got to be no. everywhere could be haunted yeah sure just like this room just like this room well this room feels empty yeah <laughs> Of creativity. I feel like a ghost would fly by and look at me and they'd be like, oh, boring. Boring. <laughs> you going. know, the viewers or the listeners have suggested us to, to play with a Ouija board. Yes, they have. And I told you I would love to watch. <laughs> I've watched too many psychic kids. Mm-hmm. I've watched too many uh, a haunting. Yeah, and they use a Ouija board responsibly and mm-hmm. um, with a good mindset about and it. And I love that for them. Yeah. But, um, so, like, well, you and I were talking about psychic kids before we started the podcast, and I feel like, don't you think I would have been the most iconic psychic kid? No, I think you would have been the most obnoxious. (laughs) I would have overacted my role. Yeah. So much. You, uh, yes. I would have, like, pointed, I would have, I would have pointed a finger and I've been like, behind you. Yeah. Who is she? From all the stories that you've told me of you as a child and all of the images I've seen of you in your dozens upon dozens of like sweater sweater vests vests, where your face is so flushed. I feel like that could be a look. I feel like I can just see the entire episode taking Mm -hmm. place. Um, Why was I so flushed as a child? I because you were constantly in sweater vests with long <laughs> sleeves underneath, and you lived in, in Texas. Texas. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? I was flushed? like, better cover up. You're like style over everything. Style over everything. <laughs> oh, what happened? <laughs> I don't know, but I liked I younger me. I would love me. to see you in a nice little sweater. Well, when vest. when your mom stops buying you sweater vests, that's just when you stop. Wearing sweater vests. Do you vests. want me, your your new mom, to <laughs> to buy me a sweater <laughs> vest? If you bought me a sweater vest, I would wear it. I know because I'd pick a cute one. But I specifically want my one from childhood. Like it's a cream color. I know. With I've just seen the it. color. You know what? I should definitely get that, and then we can recreate one of your photos. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Or like me in my overalls by the fish and pond. Yeah. Well, you you've seen those photos where they take it like from childhood oh, yes. and then they redo it with like their siblings or whatever. My mom would shit her pants. Yeah. It, she'd be so happy. I, we could totally do that. So who do we know that like lives in a super old house? 
Um, well, super old house. I don't know. I don't know anybody around here that lives in a super old house. I mean, I, there's I, plenty I'd around think here. Of, I'd have to think of it because I, I grew up here, so I know a lot of people around here. But honestly, like the most active, and we've told stories before on the podcast of like encounters and things um of houses that i was just like ooh no i shouldn't be here or like oh this is really active or whatever but honestly the most intense one of the most intense house or act most active houses that i've ever been in was um was the, the north- old house yeah the old house and we do it again and we do it again you know when i lived here in this house for the first time it was um it was really active in specifically uh, the my bedroom and the bedroom that I'm in now with, with George. Uh, I don't feel that way anymore. So I don't know if it's because I'm afraid to turn anything on or I'm overwhelmed because now that we moved back, it's because Jason has passed and I don't maybe want to like access. I don't know. I haven't yeah. I've thought about it a little, but then I've just kind of like let it go. Like if anything happens, it happens. And if not, then fine. But I've had a lot of weird encounters or feelings or voices and things like that being spoken in my inner ear like mm-hmm. before bed um in in that room remember that time in florida we had that really weird day where i just became extremely scared what happened i can't even remember i don't know i think we were filming the podcast we were filming the we? podcast and i feel like whenever we would film the podcast in a, florida we would like raise the energy for some reason we and, would. and we would overdo it i feel like this room doesn't allow it it's like a void of energy there is none there's just enough energy but there's no more or no less than that in this room but yeah when we would film the podcast a lot of the times it would be after george left for work or something like that so it was just us in the house and phoebe and then we'd be in that living room and it was open and feel mm-hmm. like whatever we charged and we'd up would charge yeah would charge up because it was our own doing yeah i do feel like we definitely like zoned also when we we've had this podcast for so long skylar like this is even when we used to film in your bedroom in the old house in michigan you know we've had a few many times actually where that room was just like it making noises no like easy to get like charged or get in like Mm -hmm. this weird zone of energy when we were filming isn't it weird how different rooms can allow you to literally be and access like different things why 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 this room like why does it keep everything so monotonous i don't know i think it's maybe how would you find out should i shuffle a card to me it's like the comfortability of a room or my mindset upon a space like ultimately this isn't our space and it's temporary so maybe our energy hasn't shifted into like we haven't we haven't enveloped it yeah we haven't invested in the space enough to be able to connect with the energy in it as much like in that old michigan house in that room like we spent time to make it yours we like painted that wall and mm-hmm. you got that rug there was like a new energy in there. it was like your own little space like you had things dangling from the ceiling and like you took time with it and like loved that little space and i felt that when like i walked in where like this is for a lot of us just like a temporary space so you know as you've set things up and you've made it comfortable it doesn't have the same energy for me um and even though the house in florida we've rented 
it we was still, still invested our we still, time into yeah, it. Yeah, we still sunk our teeth into to the space. So then how do you... I don't know. That's what I feel like. That's the first thing. I could be right Well, I'm excited wrong. for the next place to yeah. really invest my energy into it so that we can get some which, rising energy again. Yeah, which might be coming very soon. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> So stay tuned for that, guys is speaking, and girls. Is it speaking and, of which, if we aren't moving, like, every third episode? Um, so somebody messaged you, and am, am I right? And said that they had listened to every, oh, yeah, every episode. single episode. And it took them, what, like, three weeks? Three weeks. Every, you guys, girls, in-betweens, listen, every single fucking episode. If you're, you have to be listening now. If you've been that invested, you're listening no, to this now. If he listened to every episode, he's never listening again. Three weeks? That means you went through almost three years of our lives in three weeks. Every week, three years of I our lives. I bet you he felt so stressed out. He was probably like, when are we moving? When are we moving? Yeah, because literally, moved. like, every fucking two days, we'll be moving, <laughs> moving. and stressed. <laughs> I, and, and they had to go through, like, the quarantine pandemic time. Like, mm. that was a lot of ups and downs for those episodes, you know? Like, and, oh, man, I was just thinking about what that would be like, and why would you, why? <laughs> why why oh would God, you do yeah. that? But also, thank you so much. That is so sweet, and I hope that you liked it. <laughs> I went back because what he uh, messaged me, he told me like one of his favorite episodes was like uh, Witherspoon Kidman Hayes or what was it? Something (laughs) like that. It was Kardashian, Witherspoon Witherspoon, Kidman, Kidman, Kardashian Hayes. Something something like that. Yeah. Anyways, look, I scrolled all the way back. It was like 50 or 60 episodes ago, which is a lot. That's almost a whole year. I know, right? Almost a whole year. And I listened to some of it and it... Uh, first of all, we were hilarious. Okay, good. So I was like, wow, <laughs> not every single episode has been like a flatliner. Like yeah, we had some good ones, right? I think so. And so that one was making me laugh. And then I was, uh, but it's weird when you go all the way back, you, uh, you can't always tell by listening where we are. Where we are or what we're doing. Or what we're doing or like what room we're in. And so like it's yeah. always, it's fun for me to try and guess Figure it like out. where, where was this? Yeah. Like I don't remember. Because if anyone has remembered as soon as we film an episode it literally leaves our brain leaves our brain completely <laughs> like even like when we try and name the titles of these podcasts after we're done we cannot, we remember, cannot remember what, what happened no um so that's partly why we started making such trolly fucky random ass titles because we had no we choice we couldn't remember what we talked about <laughs> you know Speaking of changing over time, mm, I have something that way. you're going to find interesting because I find everything we all done knew this, mm. but it's like officially down on paper from Brigham Young University. Oh. It says, Disney princess culture isn't toxic to girls and boys over time, study finds. Study from Brigham Young University examines how, quote unquote, princess culture shapes uh, the views of children as they grow older. Anyways, it says that children who embrace princess culture were more likely to have more progressive views about women and were less susceptible to toxic masculinity. They did this by engaging with these children like 10 years ago mm-hmm. when they were just kids and mm-hmm. then doing a personality assessment on these kids today mm-hmm. and comparing it with like random populations. I and love it says this. that what the cool kids topic. that are really identified as like princess kids, boys and girls, uh, like had more open minded views about like women, sexuality and stuff like that 
And anyways, they did... It was for three... Compared to who did it say? Like, compared... So, like, it was, like, randomized. So, like, 307 children that they knew were Disney fanatics. Mm -hmm. And then they also did a survey of a bunch of kids Who maybe had seen Disney Had seen, but they were not self-proclaimed Disney fanatics, right? And... Anyways, it says that princess culture gives women key storylines where they're the protagonists. They're following their dreams, helping those around them, and becoming individuals who aren't prescribed a role because of their gender. It tells both boys and girls that they can be all sorts of different things. They're not supposed to be just one thing. However, it did say to make sure that when you're like engaging with this type of content with your children, that you're focusing on like what the characters are doing and not what they look like. Mm. And I found that yeah. an interesting addition. Yeah, like, we, like, give us an ugly Disney princess already, you know what I mean? No. Me. <laughs> yeah, that's why Shrek, I truly believe, is one of the most iconic <laughs> fucking movies of all time. Because, look. Because Fiona chose us- her ogre body. Yeah. And I find that really relatable. <laughs> and Shrek had no choice. He was just a fucking ogre. Well, but actually, also- Shrek could have stayed the I handsome know, prince. I know, I'm just saying. But also, like, gives us the fairy tale vibes. But, like, characters, like, fucking donkey. Mm-hmm. And, like, things, like, both. I- Shrek is incredible. You know what would be so good is, like, a speaking of which movie party like live on zoom for like the, anybody who just who wants, wants to, to join, join where we watch where we all watch like shrek together or like i was thinking about this the other day truman show like i'm genuinely like i will never let it go until you watch the truman <laughs> until show. i watch it and it would be kind of fun for anyone who hasn't seen it or for those who have seen it who want to watch us watch, watch it together it. like we could hang out or something isn't it weird how content is like it is literally content now to watch other people watch movies. Yeah, but it's, it's just not, us silently staring no, at the this screen. this would be something that's, like, interactive, where, like, people can talk with us. Like, it'd be, like, a Zoom thing. That sounds know? like a lot of fun. Where we're not just live streaming and people are chatting at us. It's like, you know, we'll have to have... Or I don't know how we would make it work, but somebody somebody give us a suggestion here. But I was I think it'd be fun to do, like, a... A Shrek movie night was speaking of which or something. <laughs> now, wh- I wonder why, like, specifically, like, Disney princess culture always gets, like, so singled out by, you know, like, uh, men are like, my little boy's not going to watch The Little Mermaid. That's for girls. Mm. You know, like, why does Disney princess stuff always get so singled out compared to other things? Like, you never hear anybody it's say anything that, about Bratz dolls. that well you do but um that but on the flip side as well it's that you know you do hear a lot of how disney was it's a lot better but disney was um you know really playing into this like every storyline seemed to be about a woman needing to find love or having to find love like Mm -hmm. i think it was more toxic in the classic disney movies like snow white like someday my prince will come and it's like that's the whole i just find that super relatable okay but you're a pisces ascendant like your literal i am waiting for my love to come libra moon like yes you are literally snow white but like Mm the dwarves I guess maybe they had too they had too many of those storylines because I don't see and anything then, wrong, like, you know, Cinderella, obviously. You know, like, oh, I'm just like this like Just a servant just, girl. I'm just a little battered stepdaughter who mm-hmm. cleans the house and whatever and works hard and then all of a sudden it's her like, prince comes oh, and like, saves yeah. her. So it was kind of feeding Goals. into this narrative, but that was more prominent during that time. Like women 
married men so that they could have a nice life. So they could escape the tortures of their other home (laughs) and enter the tortures of another home. Yeah, so I love that. But now we have things, you know, and then as it progressed, there was more storylines where there was still love and relationship um, Mm -hmm. connected, like, themes. But we had things like Pocahontas, which is honestly... Like, there's a lot of problems and problematic things about Pocahontas, but at the end of the day, if you put it in a lineup with just the storyline of what it provided in the mix of Disney princesses, she was an independent fucking woman, Mm -hmm. you know, and she was able to... So was Mulan. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Mulan. So is there a lot of appropriation? Yeah. Absolutely. Did they hit the nails on the head? No. No. But... (laughs) Did it get better over time compared to, you know, where it began? And now where it's at, like with, um, I guess I don't really know the the difference between Disney and Pixar and some of the movies. Well, Disney owns Pixar now, so that's technically all Disney. Okay, cool, so I can't get that wrong. You can't really get it wrong anymore. Moana, like, things like um, Luca. If you haven't seen Luca, that's not like a Disney princess, but like... Disney prince? No, it Luca's so good. Um, Coco, uh, these themes that they're they're exploring now for these movies, uh, or even um, uh, Frozen, things like that. You know, those movies are so much more progressive, and they're really mm-hmm. listening and doing things to explore different cultures, but better. My little sister, who is like eleven or twelve now. Yeah. Uh, I remember when she was really little, like, I wanted her to be, like, I would be like, let's watch The Little Mermaid, right? Mm -hmm. And she'd be like, no, I want to watch Power Rangers. (gasps) Right? Oh, my God. Iconic. And then I'd be like, what? I don't even want to watch Power Rangers. (laughs) I was like, I'm trying to get you to watch Mulan. I know, because I want to watch Mulan, right? Yeah, right. And then, or um, I would be like, let's watch, uh, I don't know. Like other kids shows, like like the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. No interest, you know, just like okay. I just don't get it. Some... I wasn't allowed to watch that. We, oh yeah, because talked about it. Because your mom said they looked like bugs. <laughs> they looked like mosquitoes, <laughs> and she didn't like it. They gave her the wrong vibes. Did you ever watch, uh, or like at any point in your life, have you seen Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. The Was voice not into it. The voice actress for Muriel, the old lady, she passed away. She passed away. How does everyone know this? I I felt so smart. All over social media. Is it really? Yeah. I I haven't seen a single thing. Oh, okay. All over social media. I don't follow the right accounts. I don't even watch Courage the Cowardly Dog, and I didn't really watch it, and I saw that and knew what it was. There's this one scene in Courage the Cowardly Dog that's always stuck with me. It's like this face looking at Courage, and it just says, You're not perfect, Courage. Oh, me. And then I was like, I remember being a kid being like, damn. Damn. Are you sure? <laughs> damn, that face in the sky really be slapping <laughs> truths out right now. I love it. You're not perfect. Um, so we'll go back to the original article and what we were talking about with you were like, what What do you think it is about Disney princesses that's that targeted? Tar- it's targeted. Maybe it's because like so many girls do like it and like things that girls like are vilified because we live in a patriarchal society is obviously a huge reason. I think also one of the things is this image came into my head and I think I've shared it before somewhere like on Instagram or maybe just with you and Imogen in our group chat, but there's this picture of me and uh, a friends at like a first 
first grade birthday party of my my best friend growing up and there was like four or five of us and it was a sleepover so you can see like all of our Disney sleeping bags and we're standing on top of them all in our nightgowns and all of us have like Disney or Barbie nightgowns like the iconic mm-hmm. nightgowns that you get from like Meyer or I know wherever. exactly what you're talking about. And we all are like giving like Spice Girls peace signs or whatever. We all have like this fucking I wanted to be one shit. of you guys so badly when I was little. I remember feeling wow. like I really missed well, out. Well, I didn't belong and I did a really good Gemini Blending job in. of pretending that I did. Um, you're like, fuck this. I really, I did but then also like I definitely amped it up more with my friends. Anyways, um, the things that were created to purchase from a consumerism standpoint based off of Disney movies were things for girls. They were nightgowns, they were toothbrushes, they were uh, they were sleeping bags, they were mm-hmm. pillowcases, they were uh, whatever it was, brushes, shampoos. They and must make a shit ton of money the on The boys that shit. got things like a regular Aladdin toothbrush. and the Lion King. Guess what King. my sleeping bag looked like? A goddamn sleeping bag. Yeah. Nobody on it. Lion King or Aladdin. Like, there was very, like, there were yeah. Disney, like, boy... Disney princes. But not even. Like, they had things where it was geared more towards the boy section. But overwhelmingly, it was really targeted consumeristically mm-hmm. towards girls. girls. And it's the same thing. Like, there's a bunch of articles and or documentaries and things like that based off of, like cartoons like Disney cartoons or Nickelodeon cartoons or Cartoon Network or whatever it is like kids cartoons and how they are made and created to sell products so based off of the creation of these the whole goal isn't to produce a cartoon show that is you know well received and loved it is that but the end goal is to also sell, sell products based off of a show that was well received and loved so that's gear it was geared towards selling products in the first place in a lot of aspects or at least if it wasn't right away they got smart yeah. and they were like moving how can forward we sell this? how can we make this a fucking <laughs> how can we get money, some ka-ching, ka-ching out of this consumerism and capitalism obviously controls everything unfortunately but at the same time yeah, I think it comes back to, like, why was it so, like, girls can't, you're just going to be a yeah. girl thing. is because I think a lot of it was geared towards, like... Well, despite all that shit, apparently it makes people better people somehow. Makes them less awful. I mean, but, like, what were the options, you know? I guess you're either problematic or not. fairy tales where you're, like, you <laughs> could either listen to, like, the idea of Snow White from how you did before the Disney movies, which is, like, the grim grim fairy tales which is warped and really fucking twisted and like kind of bleak um or you could take the disney version and (laughs) see it as someday your prince will come (laughs) i guess it depends on like the kind of household you're in because i definitely had friends and their households were much more like aimed towards like one subgenre like Mm. disney princesses but if you were over at my my god i live next door to the dalmatian girls See, we all know one. One Dalmatian girls like that house. I was a Titanic kid. Okay, we're getting the Titanic. Come back, like come back. Right, so like Disney. I guess every every kid's experience right is different. So like I wonder what makes kids like why wasn't I drawn to something more normal? Like why wasn't I like Titanic a Lion King nor- kid? Normal. You were. You loved Mermaid. 
I did love the don't, Little Mermaid. Don't play this like I'm so kooky. I'm so great. Why would, am I so? Well, unique? I loved. I, loved I, Titanic. No, I loved, Everybody loves Titanic. I loved the Little Mermaid, but I definitely kept that repressed in a way because well, yeah, I was like, I shouldn't like, like the Little Mermaid. Well, that's because I'm a boy. Your own, like. You know, internalized it was homophobia. society pushing it on me. Oh, really? No, yeah. my fault. No, honestly, I believe that. And I'm sorry for you. Thank you. you I really need more sympathy. And lo- <laughs> you can have all the mermaid loving whatever you need in this household. Thanks. I'm just going to put stickers all over my wall. I think I will get you a mermaid tail for your birthday. Thank you. You're I'll welcome. wear it in the pool. <laughs> to lay out. So you yeah. just have like white. And then everyone will ask With my you, luck, it'll like cook confused you to me. You need to watch Luca. You would love it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I know I would. I know I would. I'm like a Luca fan. So, but speaking of children. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. This better be a good segue. <laughs> I found this article that I could not stop laughing. Okay, I was on Australian news, right? And I was just like, what the Australia. fuck is going on in Australia? Right? Because okay. obviously I wanted to see... Like I wanted to pretend like from, I, we know a couple people. Like, I was like, Katie I was like, let's hey, imagine Katie. I'm Katie Flowers. Yeah, and oh I, my gosh. And I open that's up what the, I tell myself every day. And I open up the news app and I'm like, what's in the news? Okay. And so I found this article on the front page and I was laughing because this is Australian news. One Queensland mum lets her kids swear. <laughs> said oh a Queensland mom has scrapped outdating parenting rules to allow her children to swear and she says it's done wonders for their relationship anyways the article kind of goes on to say that and how, her name is how progressive her name is penny and <laughs> that made me laugh cute penny stop it stop she just says, read the article <laughs> so she, she says Oftentimes, my kids get in the car and they say that they had a shit day or that something was fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Without me ignoring what they're trying to communicate or scold them for swearing. (laughs) Honestly, that's tone-deaf parenting. And so, like, while I was reading this, I had a few, like, eyebrows raised, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like, Were you allowed to swear in your house? No, absolutely not. I couldn't even say fart. (gasps) Okay. I All right. guess what we, we had to say toot. And if my brother and I would I be like giggling, my, gigg- my brother and I would be like fart. My mom would be like, "Did you guys just swear?" Wait, really? Yeah, like totally ridiculous. But then one day when I was sixteen, I was just like a fucking sailor, really? right? It just came out of me, and no one could stop me. Um, well, I had not the same. I, I hold I on. Like I just my... got to relive this okay. for a second. Okay, go ahead. My kids will get in the car. And say they had a shit day or that something was fucking awesome <laughs> without me ignoring them. And I honestly just thought that was, I thought that that line just made this whole thing worth it because, like, I'm just imagining, like, a six year old getting in the car being like, I had a shit day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like, God. God. Just, you know, Aubrey in my class is such a bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She always has something to fucking say when the teacher is talking. Stacy, like, God. Um, yeah, I, I feel like my my mom might remember the timelines a little better than me. And if she's listening, uh, if I get this wrong, I get this wrong. But from mm. my perception, um, we weren't necessarily allowed to swear. But if it came out, but if it, it came, came out, out, we weren't going to be. Scolded. scolded for it the things that my mom harped on us about more so was things like 
she didn't like the word freaker. Like we would, that was like really popular when I was young. So we would say like, instead of saying like, fuck, we would say like freak, like what the freak? And I think so my mom funny. would, so that we weren't swearing, but like we basically were swearing. Yeah. So my mom would be like, it's cheating. don't say that. And I honestly don't think that she wanted us to not say it. I think that it just bugged her that if we weren't going to say it right, then just don't say it at all type thing. Like, you're either going to be a, you're going to don't be a pussy about it. Like, either say, like, God, what the fuck? Like, my brother and I would say poop on a stick. Oh my God. So, like, then, but see, my dad did not hold that rule accountable. And so then when my parents divorced or when they were going through their divorce, Mm -hmm. that shit opened up hell's gates yeah. and we were allowed to let it fly <laughs> and no it was like you can't do what a fucking you like my brother and i really <laughs> tested boundaries um As all and good i kids can do. tell you that when we were in one ho- household versus the other it was a different language yeah. not because we were we weren't allowed to but because just different environments there was more respect yeah, in it's one like household e- than if the I'm other? hanging out with my grandma today i'm not going to be like oh grandma what a oh, shit I day do. my grandma and i swear literally constantly right well my my grandmother is a is a southern belle Aww. you know you don't just like well, bless curse. her heart yeah well bless her heart <laughs> you know so like it just depends on the company i'm in it's yeah, always, i don't even does. have to think about it it's just like you know a mindset shift like okay i'm somewhere where I cannot there's just no need i try i can do better sometimes but like even when i'm in disc golf tournaments you're not supposed to swear and if you do you know you kind of it's kind of like it's like whatever. It's kind, no, it's kind of like up to the to the card. Like it's up to your the people that you're playing with that day to like test the vibe in the waters. Like if it's a camaraderie thing, like oh that fucking sucked, and we're all like talking and laughing about it or whatever, and no one says anything, then you know then you can kind of set the vibe. You're not really supposed to be. It's more so like you can't be like oh fuck like every time you throw. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not supposed to be, like... Now poop on a you stick. You know, like, changing the dynamics in a negative way or, like, making it, like... Uh, a, you can get a courtesy violation, you know? Like, so if you're, like, screaming obscenities or you're, like, really taking it out and you're, like, swearing all the time and the tone gets weird and it's distracting for the other players, they'll call you on it and then if they call you again, you'll get you'll get a stroke. Mm-hmm. So I've just always tried to, like, <clears throat> not go there and not and hold back on my swearing in general, even if it's, like, a ha-ha-ha, because I don't know if it makes someone uncomfortable. Also, like, fuck you if it does. Like, get with it. But mm-hmm. but for the most part, you know, I've been on cards, and I just was the last tournament I played, where there was this one girl, and she was saying stuff like, ah, shit. And she was like, oh, sorry, everybody, sorry. And it just feels so weird to, like, so be sorry. a 31-year-old woman and be like, oh, shit. And then be like, oh, Amy, Oh, my God, so I'm going to be sorry. in so much trouble for cursing. Like, I was on a card with someone twice my age, and I'm, like, yeah. apologizing, and they're, like, saying the F word, too. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. It is kind of weird. Because I don't really have to hold back my swearing. Although, you know, when... I did start dating George. I was very aware of swearing around the kids because they were like nine and ten. Although George swore all the time, and he was like, "Don't worry about it." <gasps> right? It's weird because don't worry about it. Like my parents swore like sailors, but right. we were not allowed. And which to. is why I think it's really fucking hypocritical to tell your children not to swear when you're an adult. You can swear. No, 
fuck that. You either you either show them and lead by example or you don't. If you're swearing mm-hmm. all the time and your kid swears, you teach them the right way to swear then. Okay? Yeah. Don't go I around don't know, telling everyone they're a fucking idiot. I, but when they stub their toe, they're allowed to say, God damn it. Like So like when I was a kid, I everyone's different, right? But for me it gave me something to look forward to. I was like, when I'm old, I'm gonna say shit. Yeah, right. Skylar, we're so different. The first, first time you tell me that I can't do something, I'm like, okay, watch well, this. Well, I'm, I'm obviously like a very good listener, like rule follower. So like my parents were like, you can't say swear words. I would try not to even say them in my mind. Oh my God. We are so different. <laughs> I, I remember I Caroline Libra. Peterson I really think in Libra. third grade. God rest her soul. I assume she's alive, but I don't know. Wait, what? <laughs> why did you, you God know? rest her soul? Because you know girls like this, who knows what happened to them? You That's can true. just, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, so um, we're walking to recess one day, and she was like, Skylar, I dare you to say the F word. And so I was like looking around. I was like, Caroline, that's against the rules. I can't say that. <laughs> I was like, I would never. And she was like, just do it. I won't tell a single soul. So I was like, okay. I like look around, and like I go up to her ear, and I'm like, fuck. And she was like, I'm telling the teacher you just said the F word. No. Yes, she did. She did. Ran into the teacher and fucking told on my ass. No way. Evil, right? Yeah. God rest her soul. God rest her soul. Because, because she's dead she's to me. Yeah, because she's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was like 15 years ago. Haven't forgiven her. Oh, I think I've told this story before, but that reminds me of this this boy who was really bullying me a lot. And he was close to the last name is my last name. Mm-hmm. So we were in the same class and we were always lined up like alphabetical order. Like you had to get in line or like our lockers were whatever. Like there was a few kids that I was always around in elementary school because they always fucking grouped us by last name. And he was bullying me and whatever. And one day I was just like, you know, raging. And I was like, this fucking kid. And so they made us line up um, outside for something and he kept picking on me and I don't remember exactly what he was saying like just making fun of what I was wearing or what I was doing mm-hmm. and I literally turned to him and I was like you need a mommy very badly and it was from Hook like yeah or I must I, I'm pretty You're recording sure Hook? yeah I'm pretty sure when did Hook come out maybe my time this okay this this is my timeline and my memory. If it's a little off, then whatever. But there is a scene where I think the daughter is being held by Peter and they're walking away and she like turns to Hook and she's like, you need a mommy very, very badly or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I, that's just like what I said to him, which is like the worst <laughs> comeback or insult to a bully. And he What's turned and he was like, he was like, my mom, that's so mean. Like, my mom's, like, in jail. And, like, I'll never see her again. And he went and told the fucking, like, the recess lady. And I got a detention. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because she was like, we can't bully people about things they can't control. And I was like, he was bullying me first. And that's why I said it. And blah, 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 blah. And, like, he didn't get in trouble. And I did. And I had no idea that his mom was, like... Which makes sense. You're a shithead then. Yeah, and you're like going through some shit and whatever. It's going to yeah. make you worse. Uh, whatever, whatever. But like, you just never know what anyone... The, the moral of the story is you never know what, anyone's, never going know what anyone's going through. And, and God rest their souls because they're dead to us. Guess what? I'd do it again. <laughs> Don't fucking 
fucking cross me. So you're in prison. Okay. What's the most likely reason? Um, the most likely reason is you try to uh, put my kids in danger. If my stepkids are in danger and you're the fucking reason, I have gone apeshit and I have and paralyzed you. And, and Yeah, I have paralyzed you in some sort of way. Mine is definitely something like an unpaid ticket I didn't know about. And now I'm in jail for 15 years. I can... S- like I turned right on a red light and like the camera got me. I never paid it. Now I'm in prison forever. Doesn't that seem the most likely reason that I go? Um... Or tax fraud. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> We're all going to jail for tax fraud at some point, so it's fine. Um, <sighs> speaking of, of fraud. <laughs> speaking of fraud is a really great segue for this next article. Oh my god. No, it's no, great. It's actually it's not. It's actually not. But actually okay. it is. So actually, what's our time frame? 30 minutes? 40 minutes. Perfect. So I've got some uh, stuff lined up. We're not going to get to everything. But tell me what interests you. I found something about um, this year's like extreme heat wave and okay. its impact on... My, speaking of heat wave, I have two puddles of here. sweat underneath my tits forming. And Your you can see it through sweat? my, my boob sweat. see it. <laughs> if anyone's wondering and they need a visual, <laughs> my tits are literally sweating. So uh, I have something about this year's extreme heat wave and like all the shit that's gone down with that. Um, four tips on raising confident children from none other than Fox News, if you're interested in what Fox News has okay. to say about raising uh, confident children. I mean, it, that is a good segue only because of my answer of the last one and because we were talking a lot about Disney, mm-hmm. Din- Disney's influence and things like that. <laughs> and I'm shocked that I saw, clicked on a Fox News article because, hello, it's Fox News, but I was like, well, what the hell are they saying about children over there on the other side of the internet? Mm-hmm. And this is what they're saying. Tell me if you agree with any of these things. Okay. Um, because it's not as bootstrappy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's not, it's not the worst out of all of them, but, you know, it is So here's tip one on raising a confident child. Practice praising them. I feel like I wouldn't have any issues with that. I'm, uh... That actually made me, I feel, a little, little broken. Because you got too much praise? I really do. And I think my (laughs) parents... No, I genuinely do. I think my parents did the very best that they thought that they could uh-huh. with their resources. And what they thought was helpful for me was literally telling me that I was a fucking golden child in every opportunity. I would wake up in Maybe the morning they, they and really they would applaud that. me for just like mm-hmm. existing. You know what I mean? And I was really like, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. However, so-, so the article, let's, let me read this. Okay, yeah. And then, so like, so we, uh, and let's put this into more tangible words. It okay. says, Empty praise won't build real confidence, she warns. The more we tell self-doubting kids you're wonderful, the harder they argue, I'm terrible, me. And so Kennedy Moore goes on to say, kids need many experiences of putting in a little effort and getting a little success before they can be brave enough to put in a lot of effort and expect more success. I thought that was kind of cute. It is cute. You know what's making me think of is that every child... It says promote effort rather than talent. Effort... Versus talent. Yeah, but what if they put in little effort and they're, like, actually really talented at something? So... But maybe that would leave gonna, them hollow. Well, let me give you an example, which is going to be really conceited, but, like, it's kind of the first example I thought of. So, yes, I did try and I did, you know, draw a lot, but drawing was always something that I felt that once I hit a certain age, like, I just 
gained a new interest in it and I would like try, like I would take a picture and copy it and it would come out like exact. Really good. And it wasn't that hard for me. And it was just something that I felt like I picked up pretty quickly and obviously got better over time, but I do feel like I didn't try very hard at it. It was just a skill that I had and that it was an interest that I had. And I feel like if it would have taken me five minutes or five hours, the skill was there. And even if the effort wasn't there, I don't know. I feel like that's something where sometimes kids just have... I guess that's why you would promote effort, right? So it'd be like, wow. Like they can see you're clearly talented, but I guess how do you encourage effort into it right or right if it took them five minutes to do and you're like oh that was really good like learning a song on the guitar like my mom to this day will be like i you gave you a guitar and you went into your room you turned on the music and you figured out the notes within like 20 seconds and like now that's the problem with gemini is is that we pick things up very easily but we don't have the patience to follow through on them so that's why i'm not a master guitarist but, it also um, says, suggest, uh, blah, blah, encourage proactivity by giving kids praise whenever they notice their own mistakes and make edits and changes to their own work without prompting. Oh, I love that. I love that one. I really do. Because instead um, of just like immediately saying, oh, thank God you caught that, just being like, wow. Yeah. You know what, though? This is also making me think a lot about, and I want to say this now so that when we read the rest of the article, we can mm-hmm. like piggyback off of this somehow. But my best friend, Allison, just had her first baby. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so cute and so perfect. And I printed out his chart. I going to bring Allison all these articles we've been reading. Okay. <laughs> and um, I want, I took the chart over to her house when we were hanging out. And I was like helping her with the baby one day. And I made them dinner. And I gave her the chart. I gave her, her and her husband's chart as well. So we could take a look at the challenges or not the challenges, but the similarities and the differences between the charts. And then I told her a very little about what I saw from the child's chart. Very new, like two, less than two weeks old. And I feel really strongly about looking into not only children, like minors charts, but like young, young children's charts and telling the parents about them because one of the most beautiful things that parents and motherhood or fatherhood can give to the parent is exploring and learning their child for their own. So I didn't want to put in ideas of Mm -hmm. who that child was to them or who they're going to be. So to me, what I did instead, which I thought was really helpful, was I took a look at the main energies and gave suggestions on how they might be able to best love and nurture them. So wording it in a way of, let's say the child has, you know, let's say the child has, I'll use myself for example, the child has a Taurus moon, right? Okay. Yeah. If I was looking at a parent with a baby or a young child with a Taurus moon, and I was trying to tell you, you know, we were looking at some of the things this article said, whether or not like to give them empty validation or to award Mm. them for the effort or whatever. Let's talk about young child to... To, to, to love them with physical touch, like give them lots of hugs or make sure that they know that they're safe and make a safe room for them. Like spend more time 
on making a comfy bed or making sure that you take extra time to cut all the tags out of their clothing so that it doesn't itch them or buy them clothing that you feel like they'll be comfortable in because they will love and feel more safe and nurtured about it or the possibilities of that like I won't ever put anything definite and concrete I'm just like mm-hmm. spit spitballing ideas here you know instead of selling a parent or being like don't do this with your child or they will be like this it's more like they might express more interest in things like you know love via food cancer moon or you know they might be really so i was just thinking when you were doing this of like if i were to be looking at each of these things and like Mm -hmm. every single different um type of personality child and how their charts would look how would i so like okay validation right if somebody had a leo moon versus a virgo moon right the leo moon child absolutely might need to feel loved by you giving them compliments and praise and validation (laughs) even if it's empty because they feel seen they have attention and they've been told and Mm -hmm. and they feel loved by being acknowledged Mm -hmm. whereas the virgo moon child might only really want you to validate and acknowledge them when they've put in hard work or like the one part of that article said where um you know you appraise them for finding out their own their stuff. own mistakes and how they made it better from fixing their own mistakes. If I ever have a kid, it better be just its own form of resilient because I do not have the mental capacity to always remember all of these things. Like, I mean, mean, no, nobody does. Like, obviously, there's no such thing as like a perfect parent, right? Yeah, remember all of these things. Like, what? Like, how to do the things correctly? Or yeah, so like, like let's say. I'm like with my kid, right? And they are just like really working hard on like a piano recital or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm more of the type to be like, wow, good job, champ. You know, and then like walk away. I, I'm not the type to like yeah, sit down with you're them. Not verbal validation kind of person. I'm not the type of person to be like, wow, I really noticed the way that you're we're hitting those chime keys. Yeah, I am though. Yeah. And, and so, so like, well, hopefully you have a child. If you have a child one day, maybe I become is, obsessed with them and then I want to do those things. But like, who knows? I really think it's going to come down to you learning and picking up what your specific child needs. If they're You'll anything, learn. if they're anything like me, they will reject me. <laughs> maybe I will be a rejected parent figure. Maybe, but like you, you, your love language or the way that you like to, um, you know, be seen or validated as mm-hmm. gifts. So, I find the more you withhold love, um, actually, the more they appreciate the love when you do sprinkle it on them a little. That's the most fucking toxic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and and explains we so learned- much of my relation, my past relationships. <laughs> oh God! All right. Um, so yeah. Sorry, keep going a little bit. So with the basically, another way to build confidence with yeah. your children is to communicate differently, and this kind of meant a few different things. It says okay. communication is obviously an imperative factor when it comes to like raising a confident child. Self-doubting kids tend to think in terms of always and everywhere. Instead of arguing, acknowledge your child's feelings, but tie them to a certain situation or time, like anchor them or something. It says, you could say you're feeling discouraged right now with this project. I not, love that. Not like saying you are discouraged, like as a person, like your personality is discouraged. Yeah, the wording is really It says, uh, inspire growth by changing a few keywords. Add the word yet to statements about a challenge. For example, instead of saying, I can't do it, I can't do it. Yet. I do that all the time. Do you not notice that I do that? 
I can't do it Jessica yet. would know because I'm doing that to her right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of changes and things happening or she'll talk about something and she'd be like, well, I don't really know what to do. And I'd be like, yet. You don't know what to do yet. And she'd be like, yes, yes, yet. I don't yes, know, I what, know to what to do, do yet. yet. And she gets it. Like, that's definitely something that I've picked up along the way. It's weird how, like, much, like, your mind can change when you add that little word at the end of the yet. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, yes. Wait. And I think partially I have my therapist to thank for this. My grandma does do this. And so, she, like, she did influence me on this. And I know that when I started seeing my therapist that this was something that I did but not as frequent as I do now and um now my therapist doesn't have to remind me to say it he just backs me up when I do say it so for instance if I say something like you know I'm feeling just kind of uncertain right now but I won't be eventually but right now I feel really uncertain and he'll say right now you feel uncertain, but you will know some, you will know the way. Like, he'll just, like, <laughs> kind of back me up and, like, reiterate it again and kind of, like, solidify it so that it's, like, permanent. Um, so I like that one a lot. This is be me in therapy. I haven't found a path in life that makes me happy or um, available emotionally yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the therapist will say, okay, great. That's fine that you're in that place. What are you doing to get there? And what are the things that you want? And you'll well, according go, to this article, I don't know. I'll just figure it out. Yet. Yet. <laughs> just start adding yet. the word yet to the end of sentences. <laughs> I'm healing. I don't yet. have my sugar daddy yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> so this is tip three for raising a confident child. Give them the floor. And this one's important. I, in my opinion. I mean, the other two are important, but this one is very important to me personally because mm. it says parents shouldn't be the only ones doing the talking, obviously. Mm. Children should be given time to express themselves, build confidence. It says research illustrates that having a strong safety net in a supportive and loving environment is especially important to fostering children's self-esteem. Mm. Children need to feel that they can openly communicate without criticism or judgment. Now, this is so much harder said than done because like let's say my little sister who i see as you know like someone like i'm more of like a authority or like you know an older figure right mm -hmm. i'm obviously like super open to like anything that someone like that would have to say but you also like if they're saying something concerning you want to give them the floor but there is the part of me that wants to like criticize you know you i can't Virgo. or you know what i'm saying like uh, if they're telling me something concerning like, I am judging it without expressing that. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's hard. Like, if I see some, her posting something questionable on Snapchat that is, like, whoa, you're really young to be posting, like, mm -hmm. these types of stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I just feel like stuff like this would be so hard to actually enact when shit's going down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, most days, shit's not going down. But You kind of just figure it out. Mm -hmm. You kind of just figure it out. And, like, it's interesting because I have two very different stepkids and like that whole thing with like let them have the floor is much more important to one than the other mm. and the one will take the initiative to just take the floor take the themselves floor. <laughs> and the other ones when you hand them the floor they will resist it and they will try to like reject it um so it's like i think also about knowing what what the timing is like sometimes mm. you can't just give them the floor out of nowhere like there has to be a moment in which like when my stepson shows me that he wants to communicate something with him i drop everything and i listen to him full-heartedly like i listen to him because he doesn't take the floor 
mm-hmm. on his own. You know what I mean? And even when I give it to him, he's very much like, I don't know. <laughs> Five planets in Libra. Yeah. Um, but I like I then Michaela, yeah. my stepdaughter, is very much like, I haven't given her the floor, but she's taking it over. <laughs> so I also need to assess when it's more important for me to like... You know, I can't be tuning in all the time because sometimes we're her and I are the same. Like, we're just fucking babbling. But I need to recognize, like, when she's actually needing the floor. You know what I mean? Like, when is it are we just talking? And when is it, like, here, like, you have, like, I'm listening to you all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just kind of figure it out. I yeah. think you just figure out. Everyone's different. And But this was interesting. I think, and is then, there any last yeah, one? Yeah, there's the last one. Okay. It just says, ask questions. Says children benefit from being asked guiding questions that put their brains to work. It says, um, if your child insists they're going to fail, <laughs> me, don't tell them they're going to do well. Instead, ask them what they'd say to a friend who said the same thing. Mm. You know, like ask them, you know, broaden their horizons, ask them like leading questions. This mm-hmm. teaches them to reframe some of their own thoughts. Um, and you don't want them to go dependent on you for healthy thoughts. Right. So I really, this is making me think of that, that thing that I think I might've said this before, but it would have been a long time ago. I saw this family on YouTube explain, uh, what they do when their children make pictures and if they give them a card or they've made a picture or whatever, instead of saying to them, uh, what is it? Because that can offend the child and or that could make them feel not offend them, but it could make them feel like they just worked really hard and that they're not being seen or understood. So instead of asking them a question, this is kind of like different than what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but it's it ties in. It ties in instead of just ask like being like, oh, wow, what is it? You could say, why don't you tell me about this picture? Why did you make this? Or what does this mean to you? Or it's not just about asking questions. It's also about asking the right kinds of supportive questions um, or thinking about the things that you say and the weight that they might hold, even if to you it's just normal. Like, I think a lot of people are just normally, like, they look at a picture and be like, oh my what gosh, is what that? is it? Oh, is this this? Or if you guess and you guess wrong, you've ever seen a child get so mad at you for being like, no, obviously that's okay, grandma. That works, like, that works though until they run up to you with a card and then they say to you, guess what it is. And then you're all of a sudden... Well, if, if that's the expectation of guess what it is, then you need to teach the child, if you get it wrong, that, you yeah. know, what, what that means. Like, in, you know... My dad was the ultimate person of saying, what is this? Yeah, what is exactly. This? One time I drew him and I on a card when I was, like, really little, and I gave us anime hair. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I gave him the card, and he said, what the fuck is on my head? And I told him, I was like, I gave you anime hair. Yeah, and so instead... <laughs> Obviously, that shit stuck with yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Instead of him saying, like, what the fuck is I on my I look back head? and laugh now, so maybe it was for the best. Right. But at the same time, I think it might have been more productive to say, wow, wow. tell me about the choices tell that you made for hair. my attire. <laughs> tell me why you know my I mean? hair is... All the way to the ceiling. Yeah. Is there anything special about this painting or this drawing that you want to share with me? You know, like those are obviously we're getting really nitpicky, but that was the first thing that came to my mind when we were talking about like asking them questions. I really like that. And that was the making sure you're asking them the right questions as well, because like, okay, your kid gets in the car and they're out of school and you say, hi, honey, how was school? Like that is the same thing. It was fine, mom. Yeah. 
almost full. Well, what'd you do? I don't, I don't know, know, but like, if I'm picking my kids up from school after yeah. a long day at work, I'm not going to be able to be like, Sweetums. Yeah. Um, tell me emotionally what, you know, then like. Don't be a parent, Skylar. Because that's what it is. It's about putting your day and your feelings and, and emotions yeah. aside so that you can then be there for a child. Like, it's a lot of sacrifice. And yeah, I'm I mean, trying I'm to, like, harp that. on you. But, like, at it the same like time, a lot of, but I'm don't also, you say that. But I'm also, <laughs> like, okay. So, like, I love these articles. I love everything about them. And I like yeah. to support these messages. Yeah. But also, I sometimes think that, like. Was that written by someone who doesn't have children? Was that written by someone who doesn't have children? Like, I just feel like it sometimes misses a bit of the reality checks, especially if it's a huge family. Like, yeah. if you've got, like, six young children, yeah. how the hell do you give them all, like, special, unique... You know, like, yeah. when I think of my family and, like, how I grew up, like, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Right? Like, see, technically, I'm totally fine. And uh-huh. so, like, it's weird. You literally teared up when you told that story about your dad on the drawing. You're like, so maybe it was for so the better. Was and I was like, no. No, so like, basically, it's weird because kids are so resilient, right? Mm-hmm, like, they you are. can go through like the most awful shit and come out totally fine. Maybe even stronger. Maybe even stronger. So it depends. Like, I, I but don't give your kid too good of an environment or they'll get fucked up. But don't yeah, give them too bad pussies. of an environment or they'll be fucked up. So you gotta just find that sweet just, spot. Just like sweet spot of trauma and triggering. Sweet spot of trauma, trauma. and helpful. Yeah. And honestly, if you don't have any trauma, how are you supposed to deal with trauma when it does happen? I feel like your parents should be the first people to traumatize. (laughs) (laughs) My parenting book is actually coming out later this year, folks. I'll be doing the illustration. Make sure you're your child's first trauma. (laughs) apparently I was like a born artist in two seconds, so apparently... Tip one, your child gives you a card. Choice A, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Two, explain this, uh, these choices... (laughs) You know who made a really, really important choice that we need to address? Hmm. Our sponsors. Our sponsors Our did make a really important These choice. People, and they answer important questions, They too. really do. They support us. They made the really important choice to financially support us. And we so appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to read from a list of people that financially support us every single month. And if you would like to do so, you can click one of the links in the description box of any of the platforms that you're listening to this on. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash speaking of which and hit the support button. You can support for a dollar a month, five dollars a month, even ten dollars a month. And I would like to take a second to thank Karen R, Stacy, Teresa D, Heather A, Alyssa S, Rebecca PK, Lindsay M, Julie C, Dominic B, Catherine L, Phil K, Amy F, Jesse D, David B, Jesse H. And then we have a new supporter this week, and their name is Kelly C. So thank you so much, Kelly, for being a new supporter and for everybody else on this list who continues to support us. We really appreciate it. If you're enjoying this episode or any of our past episodes and you can't or don't want to financially support us, you can share this episode on your social media platform or with a friend. You can share the podcast in general. It really helps us out and gets our name out there. Not that we need this to be a box office smash hit or like the most popular you know it is without us even trying yeah exactly 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 but it does it does make it a little bit more worth it for us to get out there and to gain some more trash pandas or some more Mm -hmm. hooligans to hang out with us and you know the real mvp this week is that person that listened to all of us listen to all the episodes weeks do you have anything else to add for the end of this episode or i have nothing left to give Okay, bye!
Tschüss. <lacht>